0: Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Hit that like button if you want me to punch you in the throat, you weirdo, and let's just jump into it. You all know, the first thing that we're gonna talk about today is did a YouTuber just admit to stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from his followers? Like, that is the question at hand because of a creator by the name of CoffeeZilla, who's really made a great career out of exposing really sketchy or just outright scams in the crypto space. And yesterday, he posts this video about a creator by the name of Ice Poseidon, whose real name is Paul Danino. And uh, as far as like, if you don't know who he is, as before, like Moist Critical have explained. He used to be the most influential streamer on Twitch, but over the
1: years he's faded into obscurity like a fart in the wind, just fleeting, but
0: stinking the entire time. (laughs) He's got such a way with words. But while those words may feel harsh, they might immediately feel okay because of this clip that is in the video. And you know, I'm gonna break this down from the beginning to the end, kind of hitting the highlights, trying to make it consumable. But this part just stands out so much. You wanna keep
1: the money that's not yours. That you took from the project even though you'd failed to deliver
0: i mean i'm not really sure what you want me
1: to say but yeah i'm trying to like get you to return the money because it's a hundred percent still available and you could do that yeah i could give the money back it is
0: within my power um but i'm gonna look out for myself and not do that. I, I, you know, I don't like know what else to say. That's just the most honest answer. And so specifically what they're talking about there is Ice Poseidon's alleged pump and dump scheme. With people having compared it to previous controversies like Save the Kids and members of FaZe Clan, along with others. And in fact, before launching the coin, Ice Poseidon talked about these pump and dump schemes in a video and was seemingly excited about how quickly they churn a profit. Though Ice goes on to claim that that was a joke, but you have CoffeeZilla in this video then going on to explain his scam, which allegedly worked like this. Last July, Ice Poseidon launched a cryptocurrency that he called CX Coin. He then promoted that coin to his fans, as a donation platform for streamers, and as CoffeeZilla explains. Ice Poseidon repeatedly
1: told skeptics that he couldn't rug this coin if he wanted to. He had locked all his money up in a smart contract. He told me that in DMs. He said, don't worry, no rug here. All the money is locked.
0: And according to CoffeeZilla, he was able to then convince other creators and news outlets to trust this coin, saying that he was being honest. He even gave me his wallet addresses and told me to hold him accountable. He wasn't going to do anything shady. But then earlier this month, he says he began tracing back the wallets that Ice Poseidon gave him and he found that they were actually the wrong wallet. He gave me
1: the DX sale wallet instead of his personal wallet, which didn't tell me anything. For example, one of those things he didn't tell me was the fact that he took out $200,000 from the liquidity pool at the very beginning, which is directly at odds with what Ice Poseidon told me himself when I asked. He said, don't worry, all the money is locked up, except for $200,000, I guess.
0: Also claiming that it didn't stop there, saying that funds from a marketing wallet and CX coin were misused. Saying that money was supposed to be used for marketing campaigns, but eventually Ice Poseidon complained that marketing tactics were not working and suggested the funds be used elsewhere.
1: Shortly after this coin launched, Ice Poseidon bought himself a brand new Tesla. This video was published July 24th. And as he says, he bought it a week ago, putting it right around the time that he launched the coin and realized he had suddenly gotten a lot of money to his name.
0: With CoffeeZilla alleging that Ice Poseidon got a little bolder with how he used this money and claimed that he found $250,000 missing from the marketing wall. Also pointing to Ice Poseidon pushing this on his followers, saying that this is meant to be a long-term project, but according to CoffeeZilla he ended up giving up after just two weeks and with that he was getting increasingly frustrated with people accusing him of being a scammer, trying to defend himself, and even referencing his talks with CoffeeZilla in an attempt to clear his name. But with that you had CoffeeZilla claiming that Ice Poseidon was just lying to him and he didn't put all the pieces together until recently.
1: And on January twenty. 20- Second, 2022, 2022, using his wallet that he didn't tell me about, he drained the liquidity pool, essentially killing his own coin and taking the money from his investors. To be specific, he drained about 90% of the funds, which is about $300,000.
0: This ultimately leading to the two talking where it appears Poseidon just kind of admits to wrongdoing, saying, yes, he did take out all those funds, but said that it wasn't rugging because he left some in there. The
1: crypto market is crashing
0: and $300,000 is not there. There's two options, right? leave the money in there, and then if BNB goes down to like $100, the money goes to shit anyways, or I could take it and the money is not just going to dust.
1: The money yeah, would have
0: never gone to dust. I mean, it just would go back to the investors when they sold out. But the pushback we've seen there is that Poseidon shouldn't look at this as his money because it's his investors' money and they should have a say. Many also criticizing him because he seems to just simply blame his investors for buying into CX coin in this interview. Also in this, Coffeezilla presses him on specifics and logistics. Poseidon ends up claiming he personally profited $300,000 from the ordeal. The conversation ultimately turns into this circle. Ice Poseidon essentially saying true, but who cares? That is until Ice Poseidon sent Coffeezilla a DM saying that he plans to put $100, back into the liquidity pool and saying that he believes that's enough for everyone to sell if they haven't already But then uh, coffeezilla goes on to say except wait a minute I just checked ice poseidon
1: doesn't even seem like he can do that much after dming me I went to the telegram and his admin updated everyone and said we just finished a buyback of over 120 bmb rocket emoji, which is not $155,000. It's only forty thousand dollars
0: Right. And so all of that, though, I didn't get, obviously, to every aspect. I'll link to the original down below. It's part of the reason why you have creators like Moist Critical slamming Poseidon. And what he actually did is just scam people less fortunate than he is. And he I really feel like he has this some kind
1: of main character syndrome or hero complex. Because at the end of CoffeeZilla's video, spoiler alert, he does mention that he'll give back hundred and fifty five grand, And then, like, what, expects us to pat him on the... For it because he's giving back a fraction of the total amount that he stole. Like, just imagine being robbed. They steal your TV, they steal your Xbox, PlayStation, they steal all your electronics. But then a week later, you get a, a box from the burglar and
0: he sent you the TV remote back and nothing else. What are you supposed to like write a thank you note to them? And ultimately that is where we are with this story. Now I did reach out to Ice Poseidon to say, hey, do you have any sort of response or statement to all of this that happened? Or just to hear what he has to say for himself, right? Does he think that people are are portraying the situation in a misleading manner or, has, I don't know, Does is he gonna have a, a response that doesn't feel like he's just blasé or almost laughing at, at kind of fucking people over? And I'll repeat the invite here though, it is a little more aggressive because the longer I've sat with this story, just the angrier I've gotten. Like, tell me how you're not a fucking scumbag. Tell me how this This is not you fucking over people that trust you. They probably shouldn't. And I understand that there are gonna be a lot of people that are like, it's their own fault for trusting this guy. I hear you, but also that completely glosses over the connection that viewers have with the people that they watch. It's the dark side of the term influencer because it is accurate. You have influence over people. And a big issue, and it's not just this one guy, is, is creators not respecting that and just trying to exploit it for personal gain to the possible detriment of the people watching them. And hey, I'm not a completely cold bastard. I know people make mistakes, but when this is your reaction, what the fuck? But that said, that's the story. Some of my personal takeaway. And now I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? And then I rarely talk about sports news on this show, but today it feels justified because Tom Brady officially announced his retirement from the NFL. And there are two primary things that I want to hit on here. The, the first being as a lifelong Jets fan, though you might see me on social media, bandwagoning for the Chargers or the Rams. Cause I, I got season tickets so that I could just do something 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 on Sundays. It is a lifelong Jets fan. I even have to acknowledge that Tom Brady is the GOAT. This man and his various supporting cast terrorized the league for two decades. A man that he could be down by four scores. And you're like, he's still in it. A man that has ruined many of us who actually watch football many of our Sundays. even though I've spent many moments of many years saying fuck Tom Brady, I gotta say congratulations to the man. And secondly, oh boy, there was a controversy with his announcement that he was retiring. And that, because what seemed to be a very meaningful number of Patriots fans were like, okay, I'm seeing this retirement announcement. Where's the thanks for us? We were your team for most of your career. With even high profile Patriot and Brady fans like Dave Portnoy lashing out. What the I just read like five swipe rights. Tampa this, Tampa that. Let me suck Bruce Aarons Let me suck the owners, glazers, Would he play a hundred years in Tampa? Dude, you were there for three seconds. And Fort definitely wasn't alone in that take. Many people comparing what Brady said to all of a sudden Robert Kraft of the Patriots releasing a statement saying, words cannot describe the feelings I have for Tom Brady nor adequately express the gratitude my family, the New England Patriots and our fans have for Tom for all he did during his career. I have the greatest respect for Tom personally and always will. His humility coupled with his drive and ambition truly made him special. I will always feel a close bond to him and will always consider him an extension of my immediate family. To which Tom Brady quote tweeted that saying, thank you Patriots nation, on Beyond Grateful, Love You All, which a number of people appreciated, though, uh, once again, many people like Portnoy saying, doesn't count, almost makes it worse. And since all of that, this debate has kind of just continued to rage on, right? People saying, hey, he already said goodbye to the Patriots back in 2020. He showed his love and respect. But I, I really have no dog in this fight, so I would say to the few NFL fans that actually watch this show, what's your takeaway from all of this? Do you see this as Brady doing the Patriots dirty, or are you thinking this is getting all blown up for no reason? Let me know what you're thinking and why, especially if you're a Patriots fan. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic fantastic sponsor of today's show, Athletic Greens. AG1 by Athletic Greens is an essentialist nutrition company that has created a movement around simplifying your health routine. It supports your health, focus, gut health, digestion, immune system, and more. Its 75 whole food source ingredients include a multivitamin, multi superfood greens blend, and more, so you don't need most other supplements piling up on your countertop. And Athletic Greens continues to improve AG1 based on the latest research, producing 52 improvements over the last decade. They invest in high quality ingredients going above and beyond to ensure that what's on the label is exactly what's in the powder. It mixes really well, with water. And honestly, it's the best tasting all-in-one that I've ever tried, making it an easy habit to stick to. And the best part, they're giving you added immune system support with a free one-year supply of vitamin D plus five individual travel packs with your purchase. Honestly, it'll be hard to find a better, more comprehensive supplement. So head on over to athleticgreens.com slash or just click that link down below to get the best offer of all time. The offer is available in the US, Canada, UK, and Europe. So do not miss out. And then we should definitely talk about this black Supreme Court nominee controversy and debate that's happening right now. And where we'll start with this is with Ted Cruz, who's in the news right now because he put out a video. A lot of people supporting it. A lot of people furious about it. But here you go. The the fact that he's willing to make a promise at the outset that it must be a black woman. I got to say that's offensive. Right.
1: You know, know, black women are what, six percent of the U.S. population. (laughs) He's saying to 94 percent of Americans, I don't give a damn about you. You are ineligible. And he's also saying it's actually an insult to black women. If if he came and said, I'm going to put the best jurist on the court and, and he looked at a number of people and he ended up nominating a black woman. He, he could credibly say, okay, I'm nominating the person who's most qualified. He's not right. even pretending to say that he, he's
0: saying, if you're a white guy, tough luck. If you're a white woman, tough luck. You don't qualify. Right, and so following this, there was a lot of backlash on social media, even coming from members of Congress, like Representative Marilyn Strickland, who tweeted, this nation has been built on the strength and fortitude of black women. We are everything from caregivers to CEOs, and soon a Supreme Court justice. The only thing insulting to this black woman is Ted Cruz thinking he speaks for us. Others also taking issue with Cruz's population math, saying that it doesn't look good when you look up the historical makeup of the Supreme Court. Right, of the 115 justices who have served on the high court, 112 were white and 110 were men, meaning that 94% of all Supreme Court justices have been white men and just 6% have been a person of color, a woman, or Sonia Sotomayor, the only non-white female justice ever, with a black woman having never served on the court. But still, it is important to note that Ted Cruz was not the lone voice in this. You also had Republican Senator Roger Wicker saying that Biden's pick would be a beneficiary of an affirmative action quota, as well as incoming Georgetown Law Administrator Ilya Shapiro, who tweeted that Biden's pick would be a lesser black woman rather than the most qualified juror. And actually since then he's been placed on administrative leave before he could even start his new job. Also, in addition to the pushback we've already talked about, you. We also had people saying this is very hypocritical, noting the Republican leaders have also made similar vows to fill Supreme Court seats with women. This, including Ronald Reagan, who fulfilled his promise with Sandra Day O'Connor, as well as Trump, who met his with Amy Coney Barrett. But ultimately, with all of that said, the final thing that I want to hit on here is what are your thoughts? Because the polls around this are all over the place. For example, in a recent ABC News Ipsos poll it found that over three quarters of Americans surveyed want Biden to consider all possible nominees. This, including 54% of Democrats, with only 23% of all respondents wanting the president to automatically follow through with his vow to appoint a black, Woman. But at the same time, you had the Hill reporting. A survey conducted by the left-leaning firm Public Policy polling on behalf of the progressive court reform group Demand Justice found that 48% of respondents said that Biden should keep his promise compared to just 31% who said he should not. Or so just from those two, you're seeing drastically different polls. And so I want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts? And then today is February 1st, which means it is the first day of Black History Month, which quick history lesson. It actually started as a history week back in 1926. Then in 1970, after black educators at Kent State University proposed it the year prior, we saw the first ever celebration of Black History Month with other schools and organizations soon following and President Ford recognizing it in 1976. But unfortunately, the first story about Black History Month is that this morning, apparently someone or some people decided to celebrate the month by calling in bomb threats to over a dozen historically black universities and colleges. Now, Luckily, uh, there have been no explosions reported, but the threats have resulted in lockdowns, as well as classes being moved to remote learning and in some cases canceled altogether. And what's more is that this is the second day in a row that daily life and classes have been interrupted by bomb threats with at least six HBCUs also reporting bomb threats yesterday. Now, currently it's unclear if any of these threats are connected and law enforcement has largely not said whether they know who is behind them. Also, in addition to local and state police, the FBI and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives are also investigating the matter with the FBI saying in a statement today, the FBI is aware of the series of bomb threats around the country and we are working with our law enforcement partners to address any potential threats. And so for now, we're gonna have to wait to see what actually comes from these investigations if anyone reports anything. But it is also important to note that this is not kind of like this outlier situation. I mean, hell, not even a month ago, eight HBCUs received bomb threats prompting lockdowns and evacuations. And then finally, we need to talk about the protests going on in Canada right now. right, so by now you've probably seen at least a glimpse on the news or social media of convoys of trucks last week heading to the capital of Canada, Ottawa, with what some have called a freedom convoy, supposed to be a protest of truckers against a recent rule change by both Canada and the United States that requires foreign truckers entering the countries to be fully vaccinated or test and quarantine if they're not not. Though, notably here, unvaccinated Canadian truckers would still be unable to enter the US even if Canada were to drop its rule. But main thing, you had truckers arriving in the capital on Saturday, but also along the way, their protests morphed into this larger protest against Canada's vaccine policy in general, and it gained a lot of people. At its peak, you saw thousands in the city and at Parliament Hill protesting the rules. And while the protests were largely peaceful with so many people, there were also pockets of just disgusting assholery. With examples spreading on social media of Nazi flags in the crowd. Also, weirdly, you had people with Confederate flags in Canada. And on top of that, you had some protesters deciding to dance on the tomb of the unknown soldier in the national war memorial. With some such as chief of defense, General Wayne Eyre, thinking that this was incredibly disrespectful tweeting on Sunday, generations of Canadians have fought and died for our rights, including free speech, but not this. Those involved should hang their heads in shame. There was also backlash over the desecration of the Terry Fox Memorial. Where he was an athlete and cancer research activist who ran across Canada to promote his cause with his memorial adorned with upside down Canadian flags and anti-mandate signs. And then on top of that, another group allegedly harassed homeless Shelter and demanded they be fed, adding to the general frustration around the event. And so with all that, you had Ottawa police saying that there were several criminal investigations underway, looking at threatening and illegal behavior regarding the defaced monuments, as well as whether you had some protesters displaying illegal and intimidating behavior to police and other people, including staff and residents at the homeless shelter, with Trudeau himself also condemning these actions.
1: I want to be very clear. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans.
0: But on the other side of this, we've also seen demonstrators garnering a lot of support from prominent figures in the United States. They including Donald Trump and Elon Musk, some like Donald Trump Jr. taking it a step further with him calling on American truckers to take similar action. You also had Fox News reporting that a GoFundMe to support the Freedom Convoy was approaching $10 million as of Monday evening. Though according to that same report, GoFundMe froze that campaign until organizers offered a detailed plan regarding how funds would be spent. And so as far as what happens next, the protests are continuing, though we are seeing some reports saying they've begun to die down somewhat. Also that for Many residents of central Ottawa, the demonstrations likely cannot end soon enough. Many saying they're upset at the continued noise from the protesters and the need for many of the truckers to blare their horns in residential areas of the city. Also notably the event has spread to other parts of Canada, with truckers blocking off the Coots border crossing, which is near Sweetgrass, Montana, which is very big. It's not like they just shut off some tiny backwater crossing. This is one of the major crossings between the United States and Canada. But ultimately that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching. Like and being subscribed for these daily dives into the news. I love yo faces and I'll see See you tomorrow.